Hello everybody out there and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk Show with me, Barry Holmes. I'm so excited to be here with you guys on another installment here of the Talk That Talk Show on a Friday night at our customary time here. But, you know, like I said, um, I'm just so excited once again to, you know, fill or fulfill a, a nice, you know, week of, you know, just activities and, you know, just finding out further about myself and, you know, just trying to get further with, you know, certain experiences. And I think that, you know, throughout the entire week, we're constantly tested and there's a lot of obstacles at times that may be in our path, but, you know, they may not always be the same obstacle. I think that at times, you know, a lot of different things are thrown at us, but, you know, how we react to those things and, you know, they always say pressure makes diamonds. So, you know, those different things that, you know, come in our way, we just got to be ready to, you know, stay even keeled and, and, and handle them in the best way possible. And, you know, one of the things that you guys have been hearing me talk about, you know, for the last couple of weeks leading up to um, last weekend, you know, I've been telling you guys a lot about, you know, how I was taking the next step with vending here at Capcom, which wound up being a Metropolitan Pavilion in New York City. And, you know, like I said, I was a little bit nervous leading up to it. I talked to you guys about it and, you know, just how difficult it can be to invest in yourself and to take that next leap. And, you know, me and Kenny were just so excited to be there. Uh, big shout out to Doc for helping us out and, you know, really, you know, being there to support in whatever way that we needed her. But, um, you know, it was definitely an experience that was interesting because, you know, a lot of times when we're in Jersey, you know, we're dealing with a lot of our own people and we know these people and, you know, you already have that established rapport, but it was almost like, you know, on Saturday we were going into, you know, someone else's territory to try and, you know, make a name for ourselves. And it was a little interesting for sure. You know, we had um, an issue at one time where, you know, when we first had came in, they were trying to tell us that we couldn't put our banners up and they were trying to, you know, put us in a certain position or corner that we weren't exactly feeling and it wasn't in, I guess you could say, the heart of where the expo was. But, you know, we could have easily gotten upset about that and, you know, let that hinder us and stop us from doing the things that we needed to do. But, you know, we just tried to come at things very positively and, you know, what we've kind of done was was just, you know, pretty much take the best of a good situation and make the best of it. You know, with us being, you know, in the corner, we kind of just, you know, stood up there and, you know, kind of made ourselves really known. And I think it was just really important to see, you know, just how, you know, many people that we didn't know that actually did support us, man. And I think that, you know, that was, was very humbling and, you know, to be able to, you know, meet these people and have them come up to us and see how excited they were to meet like me and Kenny Lou, you know, that was, I was ecstatic, man. And, you know, pe meeting people like, you know, Brandon, who had been copping hats for me from some time now, you know, meeting um people like, what was, uh, you know, seeing Sil Sil Sylvia, um, she was like a big Mets collector and somebody who I hadn't, you know, seen in person, but she was one of the first people to cop my, um, you know, shirts, both the white and the black versions. So again, you know, to meet, you know, these people who, 
you know, you've had interactions with, you know, over social media for, you know, some time now. And then to meet them in person, like I said, it was just, you know, truly exciting, man, and humbling as well. Because, like I said, we were on, you know, these other people's turf, as you could say, you know, with, you know, the New York people. And, you know, to stand out with people like Bones Brims, Fitted Fools, which are huge, big name people. And, you know, we were still able to make a name for ourselves. I was telling Doc that and, you know, to have all the different pictures and then, you know, for us to complete our bison raffle at the end where, you know, we, you know, sold some raffle tickets to for some people. And, you know, there was a good bit of people that wound up getting raffle tickets. And, you know, how often do you get a chance to get a bison? You've seen, you know, on some of my episodes before where I've showed off the hat and, you know, you've seen just the exclusivity of one of those bisons. And, you know, for us to be able to raffle those off for the community, uh, somebody had put it in the hat discord where they were like, yo, you know, you guys really did your thing for the hat community and raffling off those bisons. And a lot of times, especially at some of the uh, other booths that we saw, they may not have had the, the same foot traffic that we did. And we saw that some people even packed up earlier. But, um, you know, for us to go out there in our first ever, uh, you know, expo as Garden State Collaborative and to, you know, carry some merchandise and to have some success, you know, it was it was definitely, you know, an experience that I was really happy about. But I was definitely happy that it was over. It was kind of like, you know, when you're you have a college essay or you have some sort of work to do and it's that build up and then you have that relief when it's finally over. Big shout out to my boy Brian Bloom and Chris Shaw on the Facebook live stream. But, you know, again, the thing that I think, you know, makes things help you to be better for the next time is to honestly to be, uh, you know, very honest with yourself. And, you know, when we look down at it and when we broke down the numbers, you know, did we make as much as we thought we were going to? No. Um, we wound up, you know, just coming up a little bit short of our goal. But I think that the, the, you know, the important thing is, especially when you're dealing with self-investment, you know, it can be very easy for us to kind of cloud ourselves from the reality and try and be like, oh, man, I did so great and, you know, this was so amazing. But yet at the same time, you didn't meet certain goals. And I think that it's still okay to feel like something was a success, even though you might not have hit your goals. But, you know, I think that with us not reaching goals, you know, it, it kind of shapes us to go into the right direction and, and to achieve those, you know, when the next opportunity comes around. And, you know, when it was funny because one of the guys that sponsored us, Koo, big shout out to Koo at ECAP City, you know, he was like, you know, so how did you guys do? You know, let us know. Let me know. I'm so excited. I want to know. And I think it was cool because, you know, me and Kenny could have obviously took that same route that a lot of people do with gassing things up or making things seem bigger than what they were. And, you know, we straight up told him, you know, that maybe we could have potentially scaled down a little bit as far as the hats that we took or potentially we could have, you know, specialized more in the sizes of what you know we were looking for as far as the consumer wise and you know i think having that conversation with ku and you know just telling them straight up you know what happened and how it was i think that it helped us out in the long run because you know his response was was that he was going to give us more hats and try and give us more of the sizes that we were looking for and give us a little bit more of 
a say so on the hats that we would carry in the future. And, you know, I think that 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 was huge for us moving forward as far as, you know, not only trying to reach our goal, but also trying to continue to get back on the buck. And, you know, we do have another event scheduled on July. uh, I think it's July 16th. Uh, in South Jersey, so we're going to be at Soul to Soul Expo, and I'm just really excited to, uh, you know, come back and do a show here in New Jersey as opposed to New York, but, you know, like I said, from, you know, having that experience for the first time, you know, and having, you know, getting your feet wet, as they say, you know, it's important to, you know, do that to, to, to know what you can do for the next time. And, you know, I'm more than sure that me and Kenny will be able to reach our goal next time. And, you know, I'm not worried as well, too, because let's put it this way. You know, not too many people can say that they generated over 1500 in sales at their booth on Saturday. But, you know, again, holding, you know, those results, you know, accountable, you know, is also important as to why, you know, we did have success and why we will have success moving forward, man. So, you know, again... I'm really proud of myself for seeing something through to the end. Um, I'm proud of myself for already having us booked for the next event. And, you know, I'm just so excited and proud of also myself for being reflective and being honest with myself so that, you know, we can make the right moves in the right direction moving forward, man. And, again, sometimes it's hard to, you know, accept, you know, the reality of certain situations But the sooner that you do that is the sooner that you'll get on the right path. And, you know, another thing that I definitely wanted to talk about here uh, on the show that kind of like made my week, you know, big shout out to Kevin Schaefer, who celebrated a birthday this week. Big shout out to you, Kev Schaefer. But, you know, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, just the importance of doing good deeds for people. I think that, you know, I've said it in the past before about, you know, just how much that means to me and, you know, just why I try to be as selfless as possible because, you know, I'm not doing it for the good karma, but obviously good karma does come your way when you do good things for people. But I truly believe that, you know, when you come out in a helpful manner or you come out, you know, trying to be the best version of yourself, that you could definitely uplift someone else as well. And I had a situation where I was subbing at the high school and, you know, somehow the conversation that came up about how I bowled right up at Greenbrook, right by their uh, school. And, you know, the kid had asked me, he was like, you know, how much is bowling? And I told him, you know, what league was like. And, you know, it's like, yo, it's $30 a week, man, if you're trying to get that grind. And, you know, he was like, no, 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 I'm not thinking about that. He's like, I just want to know how much bowling is because I want to take a girl on a date. I just thought it was the funniest thing, and I was like, you know what, bro, don't worry about it, I got you, and I told him just to, you know, wait, you know, right there at the classroom, and, you know, I'll be right back after the bell rang, and I ran to my car, went and got some free games for the kid, and then I came back, you know, right before the next period, and I gave him the free game token, or, you know, coupons, whatever, and... Sure, there were just four four free game coupons that I got in league that I'll probably never use. But, you know, for me to give these coupons to the kid, you know, he straight up, I kid you not, he, you know, he was so hype, he dapped me up. And then he was like, yo, honestly, that was the nicest thing that a teacher's ever done for me. And like I said, it was something so simple for me to be like, you know what, let me get this kid some help so he can, you know, maybe get a girl or something. But, you know... 
it was a little gesture like that that meant the world to this kid, man. And, you know, little did he know, but that kind of, like, made my day and inspired me to be like, damn, you know, here's something, you know, something so simple as giving a kid some free games that could really help him and benefit him to help himself out and make him feel better. So, you know, again, you never know what effect that you'll have on someone or the effect that you'll have on a good deed that you've had until you do it, man. And I can tell you that, you know, especially from seeing that kid and, you know, hearing the girls in the class say, ooh, you want to take someone on a date? You know, it seemed like something that wasn't in his norm, you know. And then for him to feel vulnerable enough to, you know, ask me about that, you know, I think that especially in today when dealing with certain kids, you know, a lot of times people don't want to, you know, talk to the adult figure. Or they don't want to share things with, you know, people that are older with them just from how culture is at the time. But, you know, to be somewhat of a mentor to these kids and, you know, to fulfill, you know, my, you know, self-prophecy or whatever you may call it, of, you know, I just feel that I, I've been brought into this world to help people and, and to do the right thing and, you know, through my actions, hopefully inspire other people to do the right thing as well, too. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where when you do have that effect on people, you know, it really makes your heart feel warm, man. And, you know, it was something that really made my week. And, you know, like I said, just something so little like that that I definitely wanted to share with you guys and and show you just the importance of, you know, what it means to just do good deeds and be a good human being. You know, I think at times in in the, the rat chase or the rat race, as they say, you know, it, it gets lost because we're so busy trying to grind for ourselves. But, you know, to be selfless, you know, I think it's also important in our world as well, too. But, you know, one thing that I do want to talk about as well, too, was just how excited I am again tomorrow. You know, I didn't want to make the episodes as long today because I want to try and get in the bed and get some rest because uh, we got the state tournament again to, uh, tomorrow. Um, last time that I had the state tournament, I told you guys I was a little nervous, but I know it was difficult because, you know, again, I saw my brother, you know, struggle a little bit throwing the ball in the gutter. I saw, you know, Hall of Famers struggling, but, um, you know, I think that it's that frustration again or that ability to not succeed which brings us back to certain games and brings us to why we do want to play these games. And, you know, I'm so excited to get out there and get another crack at it. Uh, Brian Bloom says, I'll be there too, homie. See you then. Yo, I'm excited, Brian. I'll see you tomorrow morning, man. But, um, you know, again, you know, I talked you know earlier in the show about, you know, the feeling of not exactly meeting your goals. And today, I mean, tomorrow morning is a setup as far as what happens when you don't reach your goals, man. I've wanted to get back the fuck out there and, and show that I know what I'm doing and I know how to bowl and, and how I can fight through these atrocious conditions, you know. And it's one thing to, you know, experience defeat or whatever you want to call it and then just quit and not go back on the horn. But, you know, I just... It was just within myself that I was like, you know, I want to come out there and put out a good performance. And, you know, talking to Ernie Lucas, you know, he said that the the state shot was harder than the national shot, which I thought was pretty crazy, you know. But, you know, again, 
to to have that challenge and then to try and get back on the horn. You know, it's something that I thought that was very important and, you know, I'm super excited for the opportunity for it, but I'm also very nervous too. You know, I don't want to go out there and throw a dud again where you got your sister coming up to come bowl with you and, you know, we have an, a good family team that we're going to be putting together and, you know, everybody wants to be able to hold their own weight to, to you know, put forth a great effort at the state tournament. So I just want to make sure that I'm 100% in good spirits, you know, I got, you know, well-rested, and I'll be ready to go because, you know, at least with tournament bowling, you know, a lot of times it's a grind, man, and if you're not mentally prepared, you know, it can get frustrating very quickly. So, you know, I'm just excited to be able to go through this with my family members in the second go-around. Um, I'm excited to go back out there and hopefully have some better results and to see people like my boy Brian Bloom. I think last year I didn't didn't get a chance to bowl in the state tournament because I was on a trip to Atlantic City, but you know I truly take this as an opportunity as a, like a, a litmus test to see just how much you know progress have I put in, what have I learned in over the season, and I think that in things that we're passionate about, you know it's always good to have those litmus tests or, or see just how well that we are doing, right? And then you know real quick, you know I got to touch on it. You know, we've heard about Max Scherzer getting uh, injured. Was it Ishan? How worried are you about the Mets? He must have read the uh, script notes here for the show. But, um, you know, I we know that Max Scherzer is going to be out for six to eight weeks for the oblique injury. Um, I think that, you know, let's put it this way. The Mets have done well to this point, you know, without a dominant Max Scherzer. I'll say that Max Scherzer has been good this season. But he hasn't been exactly lights out. So it wasn't like the Mets were dependent or live or die off Max Scherzer from the beginning. You know, Max Scherzer was, you know, very much the centerpiece, but at the same time supplementary to Jacob deGrom, obviously. And with deGrom being out as well, too, now you got the two aces of that rotation that are out. And, of course, you know what's going to happen when you have your top guys. You got to lean on the back end of that rotation. Guys like Tawan Walker, you know, Chris Bassett, uh, Peterson, I think, as well, too. Um, you know, these guys are going to be people that you're going to have to try and, you know, rely on. And also the bullpen as well, too. You know, we've knocked the bullpen like a Trevor May who got injured. But, you know, other people you know, within that bullpen, you know, have to do a better job of, you know, holding runs to these leads. And if those starters do go out, you know, we're going to have to rely on that bullpen to kind of shut it down. And I think that at times throughout this season, you know, even though we have had success, we've made games much harder for ourselves from giving up, you know, runs late in games and in the bullpen, you know, giving up leads. So, you know, what Max Scherzer injury pretty much tells me is that we're going to really have to rely on those bats, you know, uh, playing small ball even more to try and give our pitchers a little bit more of wiggle room so that they don't go out there thinking that they have to play perfect every time. I think that's what kind of got to Matt Harvey towards the end of his New York career was he felt like he had to pitch perfect every single start. And you don't always have to strike out every guy. And I think that, you know, the sooner that the Mets – you know, kind of figure out that, you know, they can throw those pitches without having to try and strike them out, 
you know, and, and work these guys, you know, I think that they're going to have better results, especially with the injuries to, you know, Max Scherzer, and then who knows if we'll get the ground back. But, you know, am I worried about the Mets? No, I'm not, because I think, again, what we've shown is, is that, you know, regardless of whether we're hitting well, regardless of whether we're pitching well, um, especially with that 8-1 comeback against the Phillies, we've shown that any time, you know, this team is dangerous and we can come back and get you, man. So, you know, I'm just excited to see, you know, I know the game got postponed today against the Rockies, but I'm excited to see what the Mets look like on the road. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, the, the, the progress that the Mets have done, you know, through these last you know week or so, because don't get me wrong. A lot of people have been coming at me saying, oh, the Mets are losing a lot more games. Oh, they're not the first team in the major leagues anymore. And I think that a lot of people, you know, especially when it comes to New York sports, tend to prey on people's downfalls, man. But, you know, I'm still just as confident in the Mets as I am as the the season started. And if you're a Mets fan out there, we got a lot to be excited for. Don't get worried about the Scherzer injury. We will be just fine. And then... I definitely got to do a little bit of a playoff update. You know, I got to let you guys know how I'm feeling about the playoffs. And I'm not going to lie, after I saw the first game between Miami and Boston, I thought Miami was going to sweep them. But, you know, Boston came out tough, you know, battle-tested, and they came back to uh, bring the series to 1-1, going back to Boston. And you know what? You know, it's going to be a rough series. I think that... You know, the thing that's kind of set apart Miami and Boston and how they were able to beat their respective opponents was that they were just able to outmuscle them and just, you know, outwork them. You know, um, the physicality is just really ramped up here in the playoffs. And, you know, I think the Eastern Conference is really, you know, a testament of that. You know, you have the Warriors that play good defense on the West Coast, obviously. But um, it's just different when it comes to, like, Miami and Boston where they're just, you know, picking you up, you know, right up in your shit. And it just make it difficult for uh, people to try and score on them, man. And that's why, you know, you had such a lopsided game in game two because, you know, the defense of Boston really stymied uh, Miami. And both are teams that rely on the swing three. So when you have your role players that aren't exactly hitting those shots, you know, you're going to have those games where you have some blowouts. But, you know, I, I just think that, you know, I still believe that Miami will take this. Ishabod Crane says uh, Miami's uh, in six. I, I, I might even go as to say Miami in five. I, I, I don't know, man. I know Boston has shown that they're tough. But I just feel like, you know, Miami, when they are on and when they're hitting shots early on in the games – that they're a tough team to beat, especially with Jimmy Butler. And I think that, you know, that game two was probably the best shot that Boston will have at beating Miami because, you know, one thing that we have shown, at least from Eric Spolstra's side of things, is that, you know, he's great at making adjustments, man. Uh, He's done it with LeBron. He's done it without LeBron. And now they're saying that the bubble was a fluke. Here he is bringing this Miami team back to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I know we say coaches can't shoot the basketball, but I will bet my bottom dollar that Miami is going to come out a completely different team in Game 3. And Spolster is going to show why you know he's one of the best at making these in-series matchups and switches. Maybe Tom Thibodeau can take a look at that and see it, but maybe he can make some adjustments. 
But, you know, when we look at the Western Conference side of things, you got Dallas who's down 0-1 to the Warriors. But, you know, I have one thing that I have to say. You know, I still got Warriors. I still got them winning it all. But, you know, one thing that we saw um, from Luka Doncic when uh, he was able to take out the Suns is that everybody wants to ride this Luka Doncic train. And granted, I get the guy is good, but I literally heard Reggie Miller on the telecast say that Luka was the best player left in the playoffs. You know, and I think that's crazy to say that Jimmy Butler's still in there. You know, Steph Curry's still in there. You know, a lot of great players. And, you know, for him to say that Luka Doncic was the best player left in the playoffs, I, I just did, I, 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 didn't, I didn't agree with that. And then, you know, what we're seeing on social media with people saying that Luka's the best. Oh, he's the GOAT. Oh, well, you would rather have him shoot the ball over Kobe in the last seconds. Guys, have you lost your mind? Luka Doncic just won his first two playoff series in his entire career, all right? You know, the guy is good. He can score. But what we saw the last game is that Luka got exposed. You know, in possessions that Klay Thompson was guarding him, you know, he made him look like the little baby. You know what I'm saying? He blocked him a couple times and just got physical with him. And Luka, granted, is still going to get his. You know, he's a relentless guy, um, moves at his own pace. He's not going to blow by you. But um, Luka just, he does what he does. But from what we've seen, at least in that game one, and when Klay Thompson was guarding him, yes, he had success against Andrew Wiggins, but that collective effort of the Warriors to just really lock down on the shooters, you know, keeping the guy in front of them so that they don't get those easy kickouts. And that's what Dallas likes to do. So as long as, you know, the Warriors can keep, you know, Luka in front of them, make sure that they can take away those second and third options and just live with Luka trying to make magic, I think that that's going to work out the best for them. And, you know, let's put it this way. You know, Luka is a great talent. Don't get me wrong. Luka's great. But he's got a lot more to go before we can dub him the greatest of all time and say that he's one of the best of all time. You know what I'm saying? You know, we can't be so quick to dub these guys as the greatest before they haven't done anything. And that's why before I was telling you guys I was a little bit wary about giving, you know, Jokic, MVP for the second time in a row when the guy can't even get out of the first round of the playoffs. When are we going to start to uh, prioritize winning? You know, when does winning matter as far as giving these guys these uh, prizes or these, you know, accolades, you know? Um, Luka's great, but he's got to prove himself first. And I'm telling you right now, Steph Curry, from what he showed, he showed why he's still one of the best players in the NBA from what I saw. Um, he is absolutely amazing to watch. And anytime he's playing, you know, I'm going to be watching. I know the game's going to be coming on pretty soon. So I definitely want to kind of wrap this up so I can watch it out, man. But um, before I you know, head off the air, I definitely want to show you guys a couple pickups that I got. Um, some of the kids, they've been saying I got the drip. So um, got to show you guys some pickups that I had picked up, uh, especially with the hats. This one was actually one of the first that we was close to selling out at our booth. We only had one of them left. I brought mine out 
so I could wear it at the show. And then I wound up selling the hat out of my duffel. But this one is a beautiful Mets, you know, teal two-tone. I think I previewed this before on the show. But, you know, this one, I, I had to get it for a second time because I sold mine. So that should tell you just how impressive this hat was to have the 2013 All-Star Game patch. Navy brim here with the teal bottom. Again, a flat batterman. This one was super pristine, and I just had to show it some love again because, you know, it sold out pretty quickly, and, you know, it's one of my favorites so far. And to stay on the same cream two-tone version, this right here, this hat, in my opinion, was the best hat from the MyFitness drop last week. But here we have the St. Catherine Stompers, and this hat is Star Wars-inspired, but... This one right here, guys, is one that you're, I'm telling you, when we look back on it, it's one of the best minor league hats that's been made so far. We got the grape uh, on the side as the side patch because the stompers are supposed to be, you know, stomping grapes. But uh, they made the, the, the foot here orange, and I think that's supposed to be where it's Star Wars inspired. But, you know, this one is fire, guys. We got the cream two-tone again, a little bit of an orange undervisor action, but, yo, I'm telling you, the two-tone has made its statement here in the hat game. And, you know, I've definitely been happy to pick up mine as well, too. But what people do know is, is like, when I like something, you know, I do like to pick up a couple of them. And, um, you know, I always used to pride myself as being, you know, strictly Nike. But, you know, once I put a, my feet in a pair of Yeezy slides, a lot of things changed for me. And you know, I've really become happy with the Yeezy brand and expanded myself as far as, uh, you know, rocking Adidas shoes. But, you know, a lot of times people can say that these shoes are very expensive if you do not get them for retail. So, you know, luckily for myself, you know, I've been lucky enough to be able to score a couple pairs at retail. But, you know, the best advice that I can give to you guys is is just inform yourself on all the different raffles that you can enter in. You know, I mainly go through the uh, Adidas Confirmed app, but there's plenty of other different options for you out there. I know Walk-In Closet slash MyFitties, they do a bunch of raffles, Foot Locker as well, too. But, um, you know, just expand yourself as far as you know, where you can get into these raffles and see if you can, re, uh, you know, score some, some shit for retail. But you know, I try to have as many of people that I can, you know, put in for the Adidas Confirmed app. You know, I look around for different raffles that I can get. And luckily enough, I was able to score myself some of these Yeezy slides for retail. So I'm going to show you guys. We got the Onyx pair here, the all-black Yeezy slide. Yo, this one is... in easily daily rotation a lot of people don't like the design with the seem like a little waffle at the bottom but yeah i'm telling you when you put your feet in these shoes guys this is some super mega comfortable slides man and then you know at first like i thought i was only uh gonna be hype about the onyx slides i was like yo i really want these black ones but then when these came in and i actually put them on my feet i was like yo I don't know. I might really like these even better. And then I saw, you know, Doc wearing. I'm like, oh, yeah, these are the ones. But these Pures, okay, these are the light brown uh, versions of the Yeezy Slides. They're called the Pures. But these are fire, yo. Um, this colorway, you know, is definitely different, especially from, like, I think the bone or the dark soot that we've seen before. 
but the light brown colorway on these Yeezy slides have made them potentially my favorite ones, man. So, again, you know, if you're trying to hit for retail and you're trying to hit, make sure you try and get as many entries to as many raffles as you can. Otherwise, you're going to be, you know, stuck paying re uh, resale, man. But, you know, in closing, I appreciate you all for coming out here and checking us out here at the Talk That Talk show every single Friday night. Um, you know, there's a lot of great things to be happy about. And I continue to be happy as soon as I come here on the show with you all. And, you know, I'm just always happy to just share my experiences, my feelings, my thoughts, and just keep it real with you all. Um, just the fact that you all, like uh, Mark, uh, Rick, Brian, Cody, you know, just the fact that you all like to come check me out on Facebook or Instagram, you know, it makes me, you know, feel like I'm doing the right thing and I'm validated in the passions that I'm pursuing. So, you know, once again, you know, I appreciate you all for coming out here and checking me out on another episode of the Talk That Talk show. You know, I'm going to continue to, you know, stay reflective. I'm going to continue to put my best foot forward, um, practice the things that I preach, and, you know, just continue to, to work and be the consistent person that you all expect me to be. Like Rick says, consistency. Yo, I was about to put the consistency T on today, but then I was feeling like pulling the guns out a little bit. So, you know, again, the consistency of, you know, being out here and, you know, doing a show each week, regardless of how you're feeling, you know, that's important to me. And, you know, Again, to be able to try and get back on the horn to uh, achieve, you know, goals that we may not have reached, you know, that only comes through consistency as well, too. And, you know, it's something that I've, you know, pride myself on every single day. And, you know, if you don't have confidence in yourself, then it's going to be extremely hard to go out there and stay consistent, you know. So, you know, something as simple as Brian Bloom saying, hey, throw the ball with confidence, you know, I think that can extend to all of us out there. When we step, when we get outside the crib, when we go to do a task, just make sure you're doing it with confidence, man, and the best results will always come, man. Um, yo, I, like I said, you know, I've been through so many things, and, you know, we've all, you know, been through so many things. That's part of the things that makes us human beings. But as many times as you get knocked down, you still have to have the fight, the desire, and the resiliency to get back up. So, you know, once again, guys, thank you for, you know, coming here and sharing some time with me here on the Talk That Talk show. And I'm going to continue to be resilient and consistent, man, because, you know, without those two virtues, you know, how can we get to those goals that we're trying to achieve? So thank you again so much, guys. I love you all. Thank you for, you know, tuning in. Big shout out to Reese on our Instagram live stream. And, um, yo, with everything that you do, just put 110% in and you'll, you'll be surprised at what results come out. So thank you guys for listening. I love you all and I'll see you all next week.